What if I told you there's a secret to living an incredibly happy, powerful, and wonderful life? And that secret is being kept from you, not on purpose, but it's being kept from you because of some of the things that you tell yourself. What if I told you that there's actually a way to dramatically reduce loneliness, feeling isolated, not included, possibly even some depression and more across the board? What if I told you that this secret would actually help you live a happy, fulfilling, and incredibly hopeful life by simply learning how to develop and do this one thing? It's a habit. It's a process, but it's one thing. This one thing has helped people overcome what was thought to be incredibly insurmountable obstacles or wicked attacks on a person's character. It helped give hope to life-threatening challenges and personal backslides and downfalls that some of the people we idolize and look up to have gone through. It's what helped form people who have made a huge difference on the world around us. People some of us idolize or put on pedestals. And how, how do they do it? The question is, how do they do it? People like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, people like breakthrough scientists like Carl Jung, socialites like Meghan Markle, and athletes like J.J. Watt, people like Miley Cyrus, and yes, people local, local people here. Some people you know, some you may not. Local community leaders, teachers, coaches, most have learned this powerful secret. Okay, so what is it, you ask? Give up the goods, you know? I'd like to hear it. Well, what I'm going to tell you first is what it's not. It's not the constant, endless internal chatter going on inside your mind about how stupid you are, how ugly you are, and how you aren't this or aren't that, or you're not good enough. Oh, no, 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 it's not that. Recently, we've had a rush of discussions as of late about bullying. We've all heard it. Together, I think we would all agree that we do not tolerate bullies. However, I'm afraid at times, your biggest bully can be yourself. It's the way you talk to yourself with all of this negative crap going on inside your head. It's time to stop it and learn how to build yourself up to the person that you have been created to be. Now, don't misunderstand me. Do not in any uncertain terms misunderstand me when I say that this is your own fault. However, I will say it is healthy to take account of your own actions and the way that you talk to yourself. But most of you, most of you, you haven't learned the secret of how to talk to yourself in a way that's the real truth. You've been filling your mind with fake news about yourself. And some of it's even been from others, which can be an even bigger pile of crap. How have some of the people I just mentioned earlier, how, how do they get through the barrage of tabloid and social media rants that just wreck them and try to tear them down? How do they do that and keep going? How did they rise up above the noise and become great or greater? or better, how did they become themselves in the midst of the chaos and noise around them? Like Lady Gaga, were they just born like that? 
Or did they actually learn some great secret in life? Either way, I encourage you today to join with me and let's find out together. President Franklin Theodore Roosevelt years ago said, Some, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. How are you going to learn to live out your life and take advantage and leverage the incredible opportunities you have before you today in this school, right here, right now, with your friends, with your enemies, with your teachers, with your coaches? How are you going to become the person that you have been created to be? Are you just going to let life rule you and tear you down because it will? How will you become great at being you? Are you going to achieve that greatness? Are you going to have it thrust upon you? And like my favorite color, let me be clear, we do not tolerate real-life bullies. So why on earth would we tolerate the words and language we often tell ourselves in the privacy of our own mind? My nephew... Tyler was adopted at six months old. From the first day he came home with his adopted parents, he was definitely 100% feet in the mud, all boy. He grew up, let's say, unbridled. (laughs) Because of his unruliness, many daycares wouldn't have him for long. They couldn't handle the kid. And this pattern, unfortunately, continued throughout his entire school career. His home life was hard verbal and emotional abuse, and who knows what else. And at a very young age, Tyler began to develop negative self-talk, a little voice inside his head that was hypercritical and certainly self-deprecating. I remember one day when Tyler lived in Boise. He was around 12, and while playing catch, he nervously said to me, sorry, Uncle Nate, because he would throw the ball, and it would go over the completely opposite direction of where he was trying to throw it. He kept saying, sorry. And I said, Ty, 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 hold on a minute. It's okay. This is just for fun. This is a game. There's no need for sorry and playing catch. We're, we're having fun and learning how to throw the ball. It's cool. But during that time, I could see, I could see the anxiety and the physical pain, the emotional pain, the mental pain. It was coming out physically in him. I could see it. Not very often could you see that. Not very often can you see what's happening inside someone's mind. But I could see it. He was disappointed. He was disappointed in himself. He kept beating himself up and he felt like he wasn't good enough. And he was looking at me and saying like he was sorry for it. He was family. He was, he was our nephew. He was my girl's cousin. We'd have him over as much as we could while he lived in Boise just to hang out and go to the movies and stuff. And we knew that he needed a lot of healthy, positive talk. But he needed it from us. He needed an affirming voice of praise and satisfaction. A year later, when he was about 13, his parents moved him to a very isolated part of the Northwest. Only two years after he had moved, Tyler ran away from home. We found out about a month after he ran away from home that he was actually living under a bridge for the most part. His family dynamics were complicated, to say the least, and it was hard for us to get in touch with him. We reached out to local shelters, youth groups, churches, trying to 
get him to get involved with some kind of a program. We didn't know if he was addicted to drugs or if it was if he was being prostituted or, or what was happening. He felt like a complete failure in his mind. He kept beating himself up. Now, Tyler is certainly the extreme, but I'm here to talk to you today because I've seen too many Tylers. The extreme is becoming more of the norm, and it's got to stop. Tyler took odd jobs when he could, but his mind kept filling up with negative, unhealthy internal self-talk, completely from the depths of hell. So much so, it led him to taking his own life one week before Christmas when he was 18. He was recently married with a beautiful three-and-a-half-month-old baby boy, and we learned also a young baby girl. Today, I'm going to tell you how you can learn to develop healthy internal self-talk. It is a secret, and the secret should be out. It's a secret of creating and developing a habit, a process, every day. I'm not going to lie to you kids. It's not easy. It's not easy to do it, but it sure as hell is worth it. It's a habit most every successful person learns, not at one time, but throughout their life typically by mentors or the books they read, the people that they follow. For most of us, it's not something that we're just born with or we just do one day. No, no, it's something you learn. It's something you practice. It's something that you develop a process of. It comes from the books we read, from the people we hang out with, and the mentors in our life. And for those of you thinking I'm going to go down some of this positive mumbo-jumbo, psycho-babble bullshit, you know, that you can just rant or chant 10 different things in the shower each morning, sorry, don't mean to burst your bubble, but that kind of stuff might work for a few people, but for most of us today, we're just too smart for that. We need something real, something concrete, something that happens, something that actually will make a difference in our life, not a wish. But before I tell you ways to learn to develop this life skill, Let's play a quick game of true or false. True or false. More germs live on cell phones than in your school's toilet seats. <laughs> That's true. Many organisms that cause disease can only live on a toilet seat for a very short time. And unless you guys are doing something super duper weird in the bathroom, which I'm afraid some of you might, odds are your bodily fluids aren't actually coming in contact with the top of the seat. In fact, research suggests that your average cell phone has about 10 times the amount of bacteria as you'll find on a toilet seat. You. Okay, true or false? Tomatoes are a fruit. True. That's right. Many of you got that right. And did you know that bananas are technically berries? True fruits are developed from the ovary in the base of the flower and contains the seed of the plant. That's true. Here's something that I want you guys to listen to. True or false, the world's eight richest people have the same wealth as the world's poorest 50%. True. The world's eight richest people have the same wealth as the world's poorest 50%. You're familiar with the idea that the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, but you probably didn't realize how stark things have gotten. And this isn't actually anything new. This has gone on since the beginning of time, but with the more people that are on the planet, the greater the divide. According to a report from Oxfam, the eight richest people in the world, that's a list topped by the founder Bill Gates, Microsoft founder Bill Gates, 
have riches equivalent to 3.6 billion people. Speaking of money, here's another true or false. College grads ages 25 to 32 earn about $17,000 or more each year than someone who's not a college grad. True. In case you're wondering how much $17,000 a year is, that's about a one-year salary at Idaho's minimum wage at Taco Bell. The problem with this number is that people with low-income jobs, rather than a thoughtful career after college, often feel unhappy, unhealthy, and downright bitter about life, and their negative self-talk gets worse and worse and worse. True or false, school isn't important. False. One day things will just work out for me. False. Or worse, you're not worthy. You're stupid. You're all alone. Or you think that no one cares about you. I can tell you right now, I'm here because I actually care about you. I care about this generation. And so do all of these teachers, faculty, administration. Believe me, they're here because they care. So why do I ask you these questions? Well, I want you to know that you just don't know everything. You'll never know everything. Life is a long journey of learning, living, and loving. Be open to learning something new about yourself as much as you can. Learn that you are what you think, or at least you are, at minimum, the language of how you speak to yourself inside your mind. This is true, and this can be super awesome, but it also can be very, very dangerous like it was for my nephew, Tyler. For many of you, do you feel stuck, maybe confused, overwhelmed, not sure where your life is or where it's going to be, or you're just in the day-to-day and it's just draining? Your body's going through lots of changes. The way you think is changing. How you think is changing. The way you interact with your family is changing. Your friends are changing. The world around us is always changing, and it's changing fast. You know it. It's changing faster than ever before. And that's part of the problem. But I want you to know that it also is the greater part of the solution. It is an opportunity. It is an opportunity for you with how fast, wonderfully fast things are moving. It's your generation who will be running the show in the next 10 to 15 years. You have more opportunities in front of you than any other generation in recorded history. Think of this. It took 75 years before telephones were used by about 50 million people. The internet took four years to hit that number. In 1816, the first camera was invented. Since then, we think that about 3 trillion traditional shutter lens photos have been taken. In the next two years, we're going to take more photos than we have in the past 200. Most of them are from the Kardashians and several 10-year-old girl birthday party sleepovers with tons of selfies. But for the most part, there's a crap ton of pictures that's going to be taken. And a lot of it is because of the accessibility, the things that we have, the ability to have that phone, that camera, that computer right in our hand all the time. It's helping. It's helping with social justice. But it's also a great way to manipulate people. It's also a great way to constantly beat yourself up because of the things that you see online through this thing make you think that you're not living an incredibly wonderful life like everyone else is. As I said, things are changing. Like how we communicate. Over 200 text messages are sent out every second. A million 
text were sent. Man, our thumbs are going to be huge one day. The other way that we're communicating that's changing dramatically is how we talk to ourselves, especially your generation. The words that form inside our mind, again, it's simply called self-talk. It's your internal dialogue. For the most part, research shows that the words we tell ourselves are not that great. We keep beating ourselves up, especially you, Generation Z, the iGen. Many of you feel as if though you're caught in a loop of constant internal chatter and judgment that never stops. It never stops, it seems. And your life is just, well, boring, difficult, hard. Everyone else seems to be doing everything all the time. And where do they get all this freaking time and money to do everything? We're watching it. We're getting beat up online. We're beating ourselves up in our own mind. It's got to stop, kids. It's got to stop. And it has to stop with you. You can be the change in the world that it needs. And still there's this little voice in the back of your head. It's telling you, no, I can't do that. You're doing it right now. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're just not good enough. This might not work. This is maybe work for other people, but not me, Nate. You don't even notice to the, the, the degree to which you've been reprogrammed and drained by your own thoughts. A never-ending flow of what some behavioral psychologists call bad tape. You're like, bad tape? What does that mean? Well, it's referring to yesteryear when audio was actually recorded on tape. The term really should be changed as something like bad digital MP3 download or personal podcast fails or something like that. But you get the idea. I'm going to share with you something that changes lives every day, both young and old, whether you're highly educated or not, athletic or not, popular or not, whether you feel alone or not. If you allow it, if you want to, this will change your life. It's a process. It's a habit. It's not easy, but I know you can do it. That's why I created the Affirming Voice Network Project to help other people every day learn to get out of their own damn head. There's two kinds of talk you engage in every day, talking to others and talking to yourself. Most of the conversations you have throughout the day, they're with yourself, me, myself, and I. In the private world of your own head, no matter who you are or how you live, you spend countless hours every day talking to yourself. And as I said, most of you are, are so unaware of how you're actually destroying yourself by how you talk to yourself. Most of you do it so naturally and so destructively, you don't even notice. You even do it in your sleep. You're actually doing it right now. We all do it. The difference is how much significance you give to the bad tape. That's part of the secret, how much significance you give to the bad tape. Studies show that we have over 50,000 thoughts per day. Think of all the things that you say to yourself, or maybe not. Most of the self-talk you have is with yourself, and it's automatic, and it's difficult to stop or change at first. But you have control. Recognizing what you're doing and what you're saying to yourself is the first step to better mental health. You have control over how much significance you give those thoughts and only you, no one else. And again, if you haven't heard me say it, sorry, it's not going to be easy. I don't think you should think it's going to be easy. Oh no, it takes time. It takes effort, but great people. If you listen to like a lot of the interviews, like from LeBron James, he talks to himself in third person. 
Oh, we're doing this. Uh, this was best for LeBron James. Well, what's best for LeBron James is this. Now, some of you might see him as narcissistic and greedy and completely self-centered, but he talks to himself in a positive, healthy manner to be the best at what he is good at and has been created for. The latest neuroscience and psychology gives weight to the idea that the kind of talk that you engage in has a profound impact on the quality of your life, and there's no better time to develop it and start it than in school, high school, now. Learn to develop it. Learn to recognize it. Now, believe me, I'm going to tell you kids, a lot of times when I was young and even up and through my 20s, I was beating the crap out of myself. My wife will tell you. I still have learned. I'm still learning how to not do it because it's a habit. It's a process. In simple terms, the language you use dramatically affects how you deal with your life and confront problems, both big and small. Positive self-talk, it produces healthy, stable moods and produces confidence from within and more. But I'm afraid the opposite and reverse is true, and it's killing you, this generation. Your group has been coined Generation Z, or iGen. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, you guys make up about 25% of our population. You're creative, you're open-minded, you're tech-savvy and ambitious. You've never known a time without technology, which has made most of you completely dependent upon it. And according to a University of Maryland study, your generation displays actually symptoms of emotional distress when you're kept away from your phones. Just the thoughts of it for some of you probably gives you a little butterflies and anxiety. But here's the awesome news. You guys are culturally diverse. You're tolerant. You're accepting. According to Business Insider and the U.S. Census Bureau, your generation, Gen Z, is the most radically diverse generation in America ever. You are embracing multiculturalism as a part of who you are. You have grown up in a time when same-sex marriage and a black president is the social norm. Yes. You are more likely to know people who are multi-race, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender than any generation before you. Know that. Understand that. Understand how powerful that is. Understand also how difficult that might be to communicate with people with generations before you, they can't understand how accepting and tolerant you are. But you are. And about 60% of you say you want to make a change and have an impact on the world with your job. However, though, a recent survey said that about 60% of you still, although you want to make an impact on the world, you're worried about the future. And as a result, many of you are dealing with an incredible amount of mental health issues, depression, thoughts of suicide than any other generation before you. For all the marketing power and the money to link us night and day, the irony is that social media has greatly connected us to others and the world while simultaneously separating us from ourselves and exacerbating the age-old teenage concern about being left out. Those of you, and there are a lot of you, who don't get invited to the parties on the weekend or to go along with someone after the game, you're intensely aware of it. And it hurts. And you feel isolated and alone. And you begin to beat yourself up. Accordingly, the number of teens who feel left out has reached an all-time high across all age groups 
there's no one that's not seeing an increased high number of teens who are feeling lonely. This upswing and feeling left out has been swift and significant. A recent leaked Facebook document indicated that the company, Facebook, has been touting to advertisers its ability to determine your emotional state based on their site behavior. Facebook acknowledged that the document is real and true, but it denies the fact that they're using it as a marketing tool. I hope they're using it for good. I hope someone with a great mind who has positive, healthy self-talk is helping run that division. Maybe one day it'll be you. Don't misunderstand me. Smartphones, they're not the problem. They're a tool. They're simply a tool, a device, albeit a device that many of you are experiencing much of your adolescence through. Still, it's a device. But it's leading you to more and more negative self-talk. It's leading you away from the countless opportunities for a better life that it also offers. So together, let's address it. Let's become aware of it. Let's make the most of it for our benefit, for your benefit as a community, as a school, as a generation, but again, most importantly for you, because if you benefit from it and do well, it will leak out and benefit the people and world around you because you are worth it, because you have been created for an incredible purpose, a purpose to love, to live, to experience all that life has to offer today, right now. In high school, make the best of it to help right wrongs, to make the difference in the world. Together, imagine what we can do. Adolescence is a key time for you guys. It's a key time for developing all types of skills, social, academic, athletic, theater, science, technology, math, and the list goes on and on and on. But let's together, let's develop the skill of personal, healthy self talk. So let's get to it. Here are six things that you can do to learn to practice a healthy self-talk. And you can find these things listed on the Affirming Voice Network project, affirmingvoice.com. Model self-talk. How do you admire? Is there someone who's positive, happy, and that encourages you? Or someone that you would just look from afar and say, I like that person. I like how they're living their life. I'm not asking you to compare. Do not compare. Just look at it and admire and say, I like that. I want to model a little bit of their positive self-talk. It could be a teacher, a coach, a parent, a family member. And if no one comes to mind, stop and start looking. Choose one. Step back and observe others who you might think be a good role model for healthy self-talk. It takes time to build this habit, but it's well worth it. Number two. Create a personal list of healthy adjectives. Let's start with five. When I work with clients, many times what I'll do is I'll, I'll simulate a job interview, but it's a life interview. And I tell them, let's write down five adjectives about yourself that you would tell your boss. What are they? And then let's start discussing the positive, healthy benefits that come from those five adjectives. Whatever it might be, I'm loyal, I'm observant, I'm a quick learner, I'm smart, I'm fast, I'm really great with color schemes, I can multitask, whatever it might be. And then number three, discuss those benefits. Discuss the benefits about the things that you are good at. Give yourself a pat on the back. Sometimes for some of you, it's, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to really dig deep because you haven't done it. 
You put yourself aside. You haven't built yourself up. You're dying to yourself. But you have so much to give, so much to offer. And it's going to take a little work. It's going to take a little time. Be open about what self-talk is and how it helps you, your friends, your family, your community. Now, many of you are going to be skeptical about why you should change your thought patterns and what you're thinking of. I'm fine with that. I want you to be somewhat skeptical. I want you to research it and understand it on your own. I want you to figure it out. Many psychologists and self-help resources online can be worth reading and discussing. Check it out. Check out the Affirming Voice Network, and you'll find a lot of information there. Also know that practicing self-talk out loud, it might seem super silly and crazy at times, but many times you have to hear the words, and it has a great impact. The other thing is I want you to stop the haters. Number four, stop the haters. Practice changing negative thoughts into more positive ones. Now, this is one that for many years I used to think that we needed to do this first. We needed to stop and recognize the negative self-talks. But what was happening is that we were, we were focusing too much time and attention on that instead of just getting busy with the work that needed to be done at hand. Let's get busy with what we need to do. We need to start building up ourselves, finding the positive adjectives and attributes about ourselves and start moving down that path. You can simply do this with, with made-up examples or real-life situations, like using examples like, oh, well, I only did well on this test due to luck. Challenge yourself to turn that statement to a more positive one or real one and say, okay, listen, I got, you know, I got a 70 on this test. I didn't even study, which tells me, hey, I'm, I'm pretty smart. I, I, without even studying, I got a C. Imagine if I put some effort into it. I could probably actually get a B. Or maybe an A. Also, when you think of a negative thought, don't beat yourself up still. Don't beat yourself up for having one. Rather, just think, okay, caught that. Moving on. Stop. Let's do, go do something else. I'm not going to give that any weight or significance. Number six, get real. Talk about real life challenges and situations. Do not go alone. Get real. Take advantage and leverage the counselors, the coaches, the teachers that are right here in front of you in your school. Ask them for help. Talk about the challenges you are going through and how you feel about those situations. Start encouraging others. There's an acronym I have that's called HOPE. Offering hope. Helping other people every day. It helped me get out of my funk and my crap and out of my own head. Because for years, I was doing the same to myself. And then my wife and I had just a barrage of terrible things that happened to us in our life. Life happens. We had deaths, suicides, financial struggles. We kept each other being positive, And I started dealing with it. I was like, I'm not going to let life beat me. No way. I'm moving. I'm moving on. Focus on the positive. What went right? Setbacks and failures are a part of life, people. Get used to it. It's not those situations or circumstances that define you. It's how you get back up or don't. If you're having trouble getting up and if you feel like it's just too much, call the National Crisis Center. Talk to a counselor. Talk to a teacher. Talk to a parent, guardian. 
Let them know you're having difficulty with this and you need it to stop. You need to learn how to stop the negative self-talks. Keep telling yourself that you're worthy and that you are good at what you do, that you are beautiful. You're learning as much as you can in high school. Take full advantage of it. Take full advantage of the support and guidance your teachers and leaders are giving you. And try not to be misled by your feelings. I don't feel like it today. Or, oh, I feel like this or feel like that. They lead you astray many times. At least just recognize that. Recognize that you can give yourself positive, healthy self-talk. Recognize and look at what other people have done before you who are great, who are doing wonderful things, who are making a difference in the world. Talk to them. Ask them, how do you do it? How do you handle it? How do you talk to yourself? What are the things that you say? What are the books that you read? Who are the people that you hang around with? Because haters, they love to hate, and they're just going to tear it down. So it's hard. It is a battle. But we can do it together. We can do it together. We can do it together. Start to learn how to develop a better voice inside your head. Only you can make that choice. Start today for you. Start today for those people who are going to need you in the future. Now is the time to start training your mind. Now is the time to be responsible for your actions. Now is the time to live life the way you want it. Now is the time to develop the habit of being grateful, of being fully great and full. Not because you're better off than someone else, but because you have a mind of your own. Now own it. It's actually yours. No one's going to do it for you. It doesn't just happen magically one day. You work towards it. You develop a habit. You develop a process. You start noticing it. You expect nothing and accept everything as it is for real. Accept of who you are, the real you, who you really are, and that you are willing to be the change that the world so desperately needs, that you so desperately need Start a journal or a blog of the things that you're grateful for. Every day, write down what you're grateful for. Things like the ability to write or the ability to think or you're grateful for your future. Or little things like, I'm grateful for being in this school. Some of you might be like, I'm not grateful for being in this school. Really? School's free. You have the ability to do something, to learn. You have people around you who are willing to teach you about the world and life. Be grateful for the little things, for the nice days and the cloudy days, for the sunshine and the rain. Be grateful for the things that you might not feel so grateful for at this point. I'm grateful for this situation because it's teaching me how to be better and how to be great and how to rise above. Be grateful because this is making you stronger. Be grateful because this is making you great. This is making you you. This is making you see things differently, perceive things differently. Here's a picture of Tyson. That's Tyler's son. He's six years old now. His mama made a huge change in her life, a change to listen to the voice inside her head that was positive, that said, I'm going to build a better life for our son, for my son, for Tyson. And she has, and she is. She's earned several degrees, she has a killer job. She's married a wonderful man who has adopted Tyson. Tyson has two little sisters now. And most importantly, she's speaking into the lives of those kids. 
She's giving them an on-ramp for a happy, healthy life, and she's teaching them how to talk to themselves in amazing ways, teaching them that they are the way that they speak to themselves. She's encouraging them. She's building them up. And I want you to be encouraged today. I want to give you an affirming voice. I want to be that hope for you. I want to help other people every day, and I want you to pass it along to tell yourselves the things that you need to hear. Life is tough. You need to hear that. But you can be the person that you've been created to be. It's not easy, but it starts with a healthy internal self-talk. It starts with recognizing if you need help to reach out and ask for help, to call the National Crisis Hotline, to talk to a counselor if you're depressed or you have thoughts of suicide. It's okay. What's not okay is when you keep it inside and don't talk to anyone. We can help build you up to the person that you've been created to be, to motivate you, to encourage you. With organizations like the Affirming Voice Network Project, together we can broadcast encouragement and mobilize influence for this generation and for generations to come. Thank you.